welcome back. We haven't done a podcast in a little bit. We did we did a live stream last week. It's kind of hard to forget, hard to remember that we did a live stream for that Leafs Canucks game that was so goddamn late and just so yeah. so tough to get, watch the whole right from the end. Although nothing was worse than seeing that the Canucks and Canadians had an eleven o'clock Eastern start time. Yeah, why was disgusting. that? Disgusting. I, I have no that must have been a scheduling thing. I have no idea. Like, I don't understand why an eight o'clock local start makes any sense during a pandemic where you don't have fans in the stands. I mean, 1030. I've seen them do 1030 games before, but 11 o'clock. That's a big, big yikes. But we're not here to talk about the Habs. We're not here to talk about the Canucks. We're here to talk about the Leafs. We're here to talk about the fact that they finally managed to solve the massive brick wall that was Connor Hellebuck and pick up a what seemed to be a scratch and claw overtime win. I repeat, in two games that they dominated the Jets, they scratched and clawed to win in overtime. You couldn't even remember the team they were playing. That's how fucking out of their league they were in these last two games. So yeah, they we're, were really bad. They were not good. I mean, they won one of the games, so whatever, but they won because they have the Vesna winner from last year in that. So let's let's go over just to give you a thought. Monday's game, the Leafs sorry, not Monday's game. Tuesday's game. The Leafs dominated, but also made quite a few mistakes that ended up in the back of their net. Thursday, they pretty much have a similar game plan. I actually think they were a lot more dominant in this game than they were on Tuesday. They actually had fewer mistakes. Austin, uh, you you tend to have the deserve to win o meter. Would yes. you would you care to? Give us the deserve a meter for the Leafs in tonight's game. Yes, I would love to, sir. Um, and this is from, I want to get it right, Money Puck. And I love this little thing because it's the best when your team is supposed to win and doesn't, and terrible when your team does, isn't supposed to win and does. I guess I think I got that right. It's a little late. I'm a little out of it. Excuse me. Um, the deserve a win a meter to win a meter for this game. And they ran a simulation of, of a thousand games in 87.3% of those games, the Maple Leafs win, which leaves the math night not quite on here, but wait, notice, sorry. I'm, I'm not a math guy. 12.8% uh, uh, the Jets would win. That that paints such a such a vivid picture, and I'm gonna add just how just to give you just to properly paint. I mean, we don't have a visual, we don't do video uh, unless I mean. Usually, sometimes we do video. We haven't been doing a video podcast in a while. Maybe we'll have to figure a way to bring those back just for the visuals. But just to give you an idea of how many chances the Leafs threw at Connor Hellebuck at. In all situations, so five on five, the Leafs threw 72 unblocked. Sorry, blocked and unblocked. So Corsi four. Fine. That's yeah. 
just chances on net towards the net, 72. If we're talking about unblocked, uh, and 54 is the Fenwick. But 72, keep that number in your head. The Jets had 41. Very close to double. The Leafs had double attempts. At one point in the first period, it was 20 to 11. Second period, it was 28 14. Then in the third period, it was 23 16. And then in overtime, the Leafs had the only attempt on that. Simple is it's just as simple to say this is where goaltending in the NHL. People, you know, we always talk about how important goaltending is. This is where goaltending really, you really start to understand what it means to have a true bona fide number one elite starter that can not only win you games, steal you games. Connor Hellebuck stole the, the game that the, that the Jets won in regulation. He almost stole this game because the Jets tied the game late. And I mean, we thought, oh, yep, the Leafs are going to lose this one just because when you're going up against a hot goal and you have a lead and you blow the lead, chances are you're in trouble. This is this is truly where you see how an, a, an elite starter can steal games for teams. And this is not new for Connor Hellebuck. As Austin said, this is the guy that won the Vesna last year. And <laughs> over the last few games, you could argue that he's putting himself back into the Vesna conversation again. Yeah, potentially. I haven't I haven't seen what his full stat line is for the season. I think right now the probably the Vesna is gonna go to Andre Veselevsky, if I'm being it's not honest. Too bad. Uh, I think uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, now he's uh, going to be sidelined with COVID protocols, mm. uh, so that's kind of terrible for him. Uh, like right now, Andre Vasilevsky is a, him and Fleury, and we're kind yeah. Of I was going to say Fleury. <sighs> Mark Andre Fleury. It's funny when everybody was saying he was gone from the Vegas Golden Knights. And then he turns out being <laughs> well. Everyone was saying he was gone from the Vegas Golden Knights because yeah. of that Alan Walsh, not because of yeah, <laughs> not because of his play. To be fair. no, I mean, uh, yeah, the whole I, I'm not going to say that Hellebuck should win the uh, Vezina this year, but I mean, he played extremely well. I thought you know they dom- I thought the Leafs dominated the uh, both games. And deserved a win. It was just obviously the difference was goaltending, which um, when you look down the road is kind of concerning because I just I've said it to you guys. I just have absolutely no faith in getting a big stop from our goaltender, which is a problem. We're oh, we're getting into this full blown. I mean, we can go right into it because the, after the first game, I, I hate to I hate to call out single individuals. But unfortunately, when single individuals are trying to, especially, I know the name of the social media game now, he's putting himself as either the martyr or like, you know, he's got, he does YouTube videos, uh, I believe. Nick Barden, right, Austin? He does YouTube videos. 
He I, basically started trying to do sort of the Steve Dangle thing, like recaps after videos. Yeah, I mean, Dangle would games. say many people do those things. Dangle yeah, yeah. Was he's not first, the only one. But like people are following his lead in a way. Yeah. So he comes out and he says, you know what? Maybe I should. Uh, I promise he's tweets so much. I should have saved. Yeah, it. he basically just came out and said, like, I don't, I don't know who has been. I didn't follow Lee's Twitter much the other night when they lost. I tend to not go on there when they lose because it's just a cesspool of awful takes and people pissing and moaning about a team that's in first place in the division and top five in the league. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he was basically on a, he did a, vi- a small video on, it might be a long video. He did put a small video on Twitter of him uh, basically saying like people that are saying trade Frederick Anderson to F off essentially. Maybe I got just to that wrong, but I think that's pretty much like you're silly if you think they should trade Frederick Anderson. And I'm not on the Frederick Anderson trade train. I know. I said you can't. You're not. You're not. The problem is you can't trade him now. No. No. I mean, it's unlikely you're not going to find a goalie. I'm. I honestly can't think of any um, upgrades they could even trade for. It's just um, I don't know. Kind of sucks watching you know a guy like Jacob Markstrom go to Calgary where he's probably not going to do anything because they suck. And he's and he's won really them good goalies. Games. He's stolen. Yeah. The, he's stolen them games. So I'll let you continue, Jake. Sorry. I just I just know. I just consistently cannot think of a time where he's like single handedly won us a game. When we there was it. one of the games that they played against the Bruins in Toronto in the playoffs. He yeah, was, maybe game. He stole one of what those. What was it? Game six or five or something. One of those. Yeah. But yeah. Right, when he made that ridiculous paddle You're... save on Pasternak, that was yeah. The game. But we're on year four or five here, and you know it's not good enough to have what one playoff game in four years, and you know a bunch of other ones. I mean, I can think of five times as many backbreaking goals he's allowed, and uh, as compared to times where he saved us. I'm not saying he's not a good goalie. He's just I just don't see any way they can win with him being your starting goalie. The thing, the problem here is, and, and we've said this before many times. Look at how many times. Look at last the playoffs last year. Jonas Corposalo, and uh, and in a way, Elvis Merzlikens, kind of more Corposalo though. I mean, pretty much, the, pretty much every Stanley Cup champion has been won by a goalie. Pretty much, your goalie's got to be one of your two best players. Yes, I mean, like, I don't know. I I didn't think. Um, I didn't think St. Louis was good at all when they won. They got insane goaltending by a guy who was on a heater. Yeah. And then last year, obviously, Tampa's best goalie in the league. That's why they won. I mean, when the Bruins won, it was Tim Thomas who won the Conn Smythe. And the Kings, it was uh, Quick who was amazing. The Even Chicago, like, they got insane goaltending from Corey Crawford. Yeah, and that's just what you need to do to win. And Matt Murray with the with the Penguins. Yeah, I think that is probably the uh, one of the few exceptions because I thought he was good in some games, especially in the finals against uh, um, the Predators and in series in some series against uh, against Washington. But but he he needed Flurry to kind of to tandem like they couldn't do, he yeah. couldn't do it all himself. Flurry also had to kind of help yeah. him through the regular season. Like it wasn't all Matt Murray, but Matt Murray 
stole them games. And like we we've brought this up many times. How many times have we heard people say they the Leafs ran into a hot goalie who stole the other team? Like as I mentioned with Corpus, at some point it's got to go the other way. Yeah, and... Tuka Rask, even Braden Holpe when uh, when we played that first time against the Capitals, Braden Holpe was pretty good. Yeah, like those are very tight games, and you you need your goalie. Just it's the one save, you know. And and we keep saying and it's funny because they keep saying the Leafs need to learn how to win those tight games where scoring isn't very, you know. There's not a lot of scoring, and it's very t- you know very close. And you got to win those two one games. Well, the way you lose those two one games is if your goalie gives up a, a gives up a goal that's deflating pretty much like you play pretty well you dominate the possession but then your goalie gives up a goal that he should probably have it takes the wind out of your sails yeah i mean it's just it's making that save when it's uh zero zero or it's you're down one nothing or you're down two one um and you just need something to spark you and i don't know it feels like he just he rarely does it and i don't know i don't I don't know what's going to happen in the future with him. I just don't see any way he gets resigned, especially at the money and what there you can do with that money. Considering you know you got Whoa. guys talking about Zach Hyman getting paid more than Pasternak and stuff like that. So. Yeah, oh they had a take on TSN the other night that Hyman was going to make over five million dollars because he scored a, a rush where Nathan Bolu ended up in the fucking one hundred level. For me, I'm uh, I'll offer him six years four million dollars i'm yeah. not going a dollar over that like this is the thing like zach hyman has proven that he can have success with many different lines like, uh, the thing is i think he would be um like worth more money in another team like i think he'd be perfect if you went to edmonton and oh for David sure or something but like you just can't do that with a guy who i don't know i just feel like he doesn't really have physical talent so when that erodes over time, it's just it's not going to age well. But it's, I mean, the problem is that every so often he'll make a play like he made against the Jets, and like I said, that play, like, what do you want me to say about it? Nathan Bolio ended up at the bench area because he thought Hyman was handing the puck off and gave him a free lane to the net, and then I don't remember who the forward was, just kind of swatted at him with a stick a little bit, and Hyman was in on goal, like. That's a nice finish. That's one of the nicer finishes I've seen from the Leafs this season, but he didn't dance an entire line. But then the TSN panel's talking about handing him a five mil per year contract. And it's like yeah, I don't know. It's... Hitting people and scoring occasionally doesn't automatically get you $5 million. No, like, the I'm... thing is he's a great like role player. Yeah. He's not somebody who's going to – like he can't create for himself. It's, no, exactly. It's like You're not paying a guy who can create it's his like own he's... offense yeah, that he, much no. money. No, that's that's just stupid. Like I'm trying to think, who are the comparables to a Zach Hyman in terms of skill? Honestly, set? for me, it's David Clarkson. <laughs> no God, it's like to a lesser extent they brought up Connor Brown. I think he's They're, better than Connor. Brown. He's better than Connor Brown, but similar work rate, similar. I mean, didn't Connor ability. Brown get like? Um, he got like what? three and a bit, maybe four. Yeah, that's sense. fine. I mean, I, I'd pay a little more than that, but I, I mean, I think the big thing for him would be term. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's looking at he yeah he's I think so Connor Brown's latest contract is three years three point six and he'll be a UFA after that. 
So that's important for Connor Brown in a way. Cause... It's not a bad deal for the Sens for what he does. No, it's yeah, because the Sens had a bit of leverage with him being an RFA. Considering that the Canucks pay Brandon Sutter, what, four and a half million to do less? Yeah, that's Again. that is like the reason 100% why you I wouldn't want to get in that situation because you're you're worried about paying a guy like that and those guys they take so much physical punishment like what if Zach Hyman gets injured you're stuck with uh I'm not saying a Michael Furland situation because he's dealing with concussions so it's a completely different ballpark but Michael Furland was a guy that was highly sought after he got a big contract in free agency and he hasn't has he even played a game for Vancouver like very few like maybe half a season I don't know. It's a good question. Michael Furlan. I forgot actually, he was on Vancouver. Uh, he is not. I know for a fact he has not played this year. No. Um, I don't think he played much, if any, last year. He played 14 games last year. He played okay. two in the playoffs. Oh, nice. Okay. But, like, yeah. But the other thing with Zach Hyman, he's also a player that had a, a torn ACL. Yeah. Like, he, it's not like he's been scot-free injury-wise. Nope. You have to be care. You have to be cognizant of that. He's got value in terms of what he does for the team, but all at, this, at the same time, there are players. The Leafs have structured their team in a way that they really can't be paying guys in the five to six million dollar range that much. Like you're looking at. Nope. I'm trying. I, to think. I actually think at this point, like um, I would be willing to pay up if you can go cheap at goalie um, and get a guy on yeah. like a. <laughs> at like two or $3 million. Cause I think if they can spend like 5 million total on goalie, they could be able to improve, you know, other parts of their team. Like if they could get another guy, like maybe not TJ Brody, but if they could get like the guy we've been discussing is, you know, Mikel Granlin. Like if they could get a guy like that, who I think is so needed, uh, they just need some guy on the third line who can, you know, shoot. Like, I think they actually have a really good, uh, third line, and I'm not sure Engvall's on the third line, right? He's yeah, playing yeah. on the third line, like he's playing really well right now. I'm not sure if I would be willing to break up dice. that line, but I don't know. I feel like they can upgrade that third line center spot with like maybe a little bigger body and someone who's a better shooter. I mean, I think Kerfoot's, I think Kerfoot's the fine. Right. Yeah, I think Kerfoot's fine, but um, if they could do that and maybe get an upgrade on uh. The second line, the the second, yeah, second line uh, left wing. Like, isn't VZ playing with Nylander and Tavares? No, so no, the, the, on the fourth. The VZ got pushed down to the fourth. Right now, it was at one point in the game, it was Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, but then they moved Kerfoot down. They put Thornton on that second line, and they put <laughs> which is Hyman. not a smart move, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. Thornton is. Obviously slow. John Tavares is not fleet of foot either. That is a slow line. I mean, but that, but that's that's just not the yeah, that's not the way they play though. Like they even with Kerfoot there, they're good Kerfoot, once you get in low. Kerfoot was never put there to for he was put there because of his forechecking ability, and I guess that's as what you're trying to get at, Austin, is that yeah, uh, Thornton isn't. But Thornton's thing is just. Like, did Hyman play with the Matthews line tonight? They moved him after the first period. He should today. stay on that third line. They've basically been using – they've been having him on the third line with Engvall and Mikheyev, and Engvall's been playing center, which is very like odd. because I like it better because he's a big body, but Engvall's not a natural center, so it's kind of risky. Well, they've, uh, they – I, I think, like, perf- I think perfect 
like perfect situation uh, for upgrades. It's obviously not going to happen, but if you could get like an uh, in not even an upgrade, but I think a cheaper option at starter, um, or even have like a, a tandem between Campbell and someone else, maybe like a Gorgie ever. I don't even know like goalies. I can't think of of. Like, they keep bringing up the guys. They keep bad year. Who? Gergiev's having a bad well, year. Well, I mean, the Rangers are just having a bad year yeah. in general. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. Grain of salt with a bad team. I, I'm, but. I'm trying to think of like a like a goalie who's like a really high-end two that would even be in consideration. For they're they're trying to bring up like guys out in um, in Arizona or either Ranta or Kemper. Kemper? But, Kemper, yeah, Kemper, but Kemper gets – but Kemper, I think, is slightly – like it's not like a major like – downgrade in terms of salary that it would make sense the only issue and the other issue with Kepper is he's quite frequently injury injured prone yeah. i'm not i'm not exactly a fan of that move like, <laughs> but at, at some point like who would even be another option outside of Kemper? i mean goal goalies right now i think are pretty bleak i mean uh, it's pretty, I, I thought the best best, best situation that could have done would have been markstrom yeah, I mean that that would have if if you had a tandem of Markstrom and Campbell that would have worked. You would have had to pay a little more for Markstrom. I think Markstrom was six million dollars, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, Which, David Riddick. He seems to like playing in Toronto. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean that wouldn't be terrible. It's just you're I mean, looking at a one A one B essentially. If you yeah, if you, you let well, Anderson go. Yeah, you're not getting a guy that's gonna make sixty to seventy starts. No. You're you're riding the full, which I don't doing... need. You just need like even if they yeah. go like thirty five or thirty two fifty, the Blackhawks want a cup with Anthony Niemi in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not really. I wouldn't say that's sustainable. Well, no that that was just. That I'm just. I'm disgusting. saying you get a you get a goalie on a heater like we talked about before, and you can make it. You can make a cup run. Like the, the funny thing is, like right now. Um, one guy that's caught my eye is uh, Kakinen in uh, in Minnesota, but the problem is actually like he... I think I think maybe you should look into Columbus. I feel like they always have good goalies. It's funny because I think they've heard I like we've heard I think I've heard like like I would go after like a Merzlikens because I don't like Corpus Allo would be cool, but I think he's cheaper and that's going to entice Columbus to keep him around more. Merzlikens is really good. He's very underrated. He, that's a goalie that steals you games. I've yep. seen, I, I've written about him before. I've watched him play qu- quite a bit. He, that's a guy that can steal you games. Um, I'm just looking at goaltenders here. You, this is where, honest to goodness, you just have to draft and develop guys. You got to get the problem yeah, right they, now. They gotta, they gotta start picking some goalies. The yeah. Big, the big problem right now with the Leafs, they're starting goaltender for the Toronto Marlies. Is a guy on a pro trial contract. I, th- yeah, I think it's soon not as- really worried about the yeah. Marlies being awful. But the, <laughs> no, but the pro- no, but my pro the, my the thing I'm trying to bring up is Joseph Wool is stuck on the taxi squad. He's not even playing. Yeah. As He's soon as developing. Jack Campbell's healthy, Joe Wool needs to yeah. go back to the Coca Cola. Yeah, the but that's can. that's the problem. The Leafs have the last goalie the Leafs drafted and developed that played in the NHL was Casimir Cascasuo. Like playing, he, they didn't. They didn't even draft him. They picked him up as a free agent. He was, but he was. He went through their system. Okay, let's yeah. go with draft pick, and and Justin Pogi. 
No, Garrett, Garrett Sparks. Or Garrett Sparks, not Garrett Scott. I was Garrett, thinking of Ian Scott and Garrett, Garrett Sparks together. Yeah. Garrett Sparks Michael and Scott. Garrett Sparks, and before that, James Reimer. Right. But let's at not some forget point, about Justin Pokey while we're at it. If you're, if you wanna, if you wanna go cheap, the best way to go cheap is if you develop in your own backyard. It's it's. I mean, they gotta they gotta start kicking the can at, at trying to find a goalie. So they also gotta go. What some of these other teams are doing is let's go over to Russia and yeah, pick, not a bad idea. Pick out. I just, mean, they, it just takes them so long to uh, to develop, which is unless yeah. unless you pull like what the Islanders did with Elias Sorokin and get him here sooner. But he's also like twenty four. Yeah, twenty five already. Six years down. They've the road. they've had him for a while. Yeah. Okay. I I wasn't he's sure like, how long they've had. He's him like for. a less. He's like a more egregious or more aggressive. He and uh, Shesterkin are like Vasilevsky, but Vasilevsky came over way earlier than they did. Who, who's the guy, Austin, that the least drafted in uh, in the twenty twenty oh, draft? Jesus. Yeah, we did draft a guy. He looks pretty good. I can't. Uh, Arthur. Oh my God, RT Yamkin. That's not right. It starts with an A. I'm gonna look it up right now. IMDb is usually he was the backup good. for Askarov at the World Junior. Archer Akhtiemov. Akhtiemov. Yeah. Akhtiemov. Uh, it's not doing bad. Not promising when you have no yeah. clue what his name is. Well, it's well, a Russian name. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, if he was we also, actually a touted prospect, I think we'd know his name. We also drafted a guy named Vladislav Kara in the fourth round a couple of years ago that literally didn't have a page on Hockey Database. Yeah. So, so the least like is, drafting their obscure Russians. The other problem is Ian Scott's hurt. Just Joseph Wall has been stuck in the taxi squad. Um, um, Aktiamov has a 904 in three games with Akbars this year, so he's not playing a ton in the K, but. Well, it's, I think because they all elite have prospects his, will probably have better numbers. Yeah, they don't have his uh, his MHL numbers. He's going to be playing in the MHL and the VHL for sure. I will tell you in two seconds because I am loading up elite prospects. Uh, he has a nine thirty oh nine thirty five in the MHL and a nine twenty seven in the VHL. So take that for. I mean, he played That's one hilarious. game. And he played. He was on the Russian World oh. Junior squad. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's silly good from the looks of it in his own country. Nine twenty-seven in and then one ninety goals against in fourteen games in the VHL this season. I, I obviously they want the least want to see him develop a bit in the KHL before they even. Oh yeah. He's only 19. He's not going to be over here till he's so, like basically just to, yeah. So basically, just to sum this whole thing up, Frederick Anderson was given the glorious opportunity this season to prove that he is. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one name they'd never get, but I would love to get is is Zelina Solmark from the Sabers. You know what? I think that's he's a actually possibility. pretty good. I mean, they're just like so I don't think bad. anyone's off the table with Buffalo right now, to be honest. I don't think anyone's safe in Buffalo right now. I think Buffalo needs – that team needs a nuclear bomb to go off, not just with the roster, but just the whole organization and ownership. Something has to change. Yeah, he's if like legitimately good. He has safe. a winning record for Buffalo. How? <laughs> because he's hurt. <laughs> yeah. He's been hurt for the last little while. I have him on my fantasy. Carter, Hutton, Carter Hutton has been their starter the last two weeks. 
because I know yeah. he got hurt. He he got hurt around the same time that Eichel got hurt. I wrote that injury story. Lovely. Yeah, he had a point. He has, he has. <laughs> I'm sorry. He has better through 12 starts. He has better stats on a worse team than Frederick Anderson. So I've uh, I've got the list of UFA free agents in front of me for goaltenders. If you want it for next year, yeah, for the summer. Oh God. Uh, okay, so Tuka Rask. That's not happening. He's no. probably either Boston as much as or God. the Buffalo fans want him to just leave and never come back after he left because his child was. You mean yeah. Boston? Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking about Boston. I'm not talking about Toronto. Uh, Pecorine. No. Uh, Devin Dubnik, Auntie Ranta. Ooh, Jimbo Reimer. <laughs> Philip Grubauer. I don't Grubauer's want actually having a pretty pretty good year. Yeah, not bad. Better than, look, he's I, I will tell you a lot of these guys are having better years than Frederick Hansen. Actually, the good thing about I, I hate to jump a little bit because we um Omark is twenty seven. He's going to he's gonna leave Buffalo. He has he's a UFA. He is, this year. He's a UFA. Yep. I wouldn't mind it because he hasn't established himself as a starter. He, he made two point six. If you're the Leafs, you offer him a million dollars more as a prove it year deal. Wait, he's a UFA, Omar. Yep. Yeah, he's twenty. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's no brainer. Yeah, I think Frederick Anderson will get will likely get picked up by a team. There are many teams go that ahead. need goalies. Let uh, him go. It's been five years. I know you invested a first round pick and all that stuff. Five years. Worth it at the time. Worth it. Yeah. He's he this team in twenty sixteen, no one thought they were gonna play off team. He helped I mean, them get there. I'm not saying he's like some trash can, but he's no. he just hasn't been good enough for the team that they inspired or aspire to be. No. He ha- yeah. a, a team that has the talent that the Leafs had, he hasn't exactly matched it with his performance. Like I hate to always bring up goalie stats, but I don't know if his uh, – actually, what is his save percentage now? I don't know if it went up or down after tonight's game. Like Right now, people are probably going, oh, you know, it's funny because Scott MacArthur said, oh, you know, Leafs fans are pretty brutal on Fred. I'm like, yeah, well no, – that, that, that ain't it, bud. No. And they're like, oh, you know – Scotty, but this ain't Scott, it. But Scotty's like, oh, it's, it's just Leafs media that's harsh. I'm like, no, well, unfortunately no. – Literally anywhere's harsh when you're legitimately awful. He's like, yeah. I think I saw it. He was like 20. He was like 37th in goals against. Yeah. I mean, the only place that probably isn't hard on you if you stink is Arizona, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So um, I, I'm just, I, and we can probably pick this up, this conversation up uh, in the future. Cause I guarantee it's not going away anytime soon especially if Jack Campbell comes back, if Jack Campbell has a good start in his return to the net, you're, you're letting let that rumor mill start. Let it. I think Anderson needs, I think they, like uh, the, all his teammates are going to go to bat from like they should, but the, they, the Leafs need to win. They need to win. Sheldon Keefe needs to win. Kyle Dubas needs to win. They I just think it's imperative that they get that one seed. Yes. And I, because Winnipeg it's is likely it's them. likely gonna be Winnipeg, Montreal in the two three, and they'll probably play Edmonton. Yeah, I which don't... just seems like a really good matchup. 
I do too. I like that matchup because I, I think when you're looking up and down, I don't see guys that will step up for Edmonton. I can see it on, on Winnipeg more. I can't see it on Edmonton, like guys that will step up to give the least props. Well, you should feel good considering they just took the last three games they played against Edmonton. Yes, exactly. And dominated them. Not just took – like they've. I think they've only lost one game against Edmonton this year, if I'm not mistaken. One out of the games they've played. And that was the one where McDavid just went full hero mode yeah. on them. Now, there's something else I wanted to talk about Leafs-wise – and this will probably be the uh, final part of our conversation. I wanted to keep this short. I, I feel like we need to make the podcast a little bit shorter. We've been going a little lengthy. And we'll talk more next week as well. Austin Matthews. The wrist injury concerns me. I mean, it doesn't concern me after what he did against the Jets and that backhand goal. That you can kind of, the adrenaline will kick in in those moments. But overall, I'm worried that he's going to try to play through this wrist injury and he's not going to get him, get to the point where he can be as effective as he needs to be when it matters the most. What are your thoughts on his on this? Because mm. he didn't look he didn't. He looked uh, okay there's definitely something up because he's uh... I don't know. He's just not shooting on the power play and they haven't played just, in that front. Yeah. I don't know. It's been weird because he's definitely had some instances where he's, you know, looked good, you know, shooting it, but just not up to his, you know, normal self for sure. And thought, and I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's like a nagging issue or what it would be. I, I I'm just, I'm, I'm a little, I'm just a little concerned about, it's been it's been here since training camp. It hasn't gone away. It's not going away. It's impacting him in the areas of the game that like you know face-offs. He's probably losing out on some battles as well because he's not able to put his full strength on it. So I think that's something worth monitoring. I think they're gonna you're gonna see like I think they were trying to keep his whole narrative of you know scoring a bunch of goals like the 50 and 56 which was really unlikely but they want yeah. to give him the best chance at it i think right now you just you're not thinking about individual performance this season you're thinking about uh, the playoffs that's all that really matters that's all that really matters at the and same if you make... time though sorry finish your thought dave no no go ahead i i'm was pretty much done at the same time we we know hockey players. Matthews isn't sitting out any more time if he's even remotely ready to go, despite what it may mean for him in the playoffs. Yep. Um, and he scored three goals over his last two games, so he, they're sure as shit not sitting him now. If there was any doubt that they might, or any. Yeah, he's got a five goal lead in the Rocker Richard right now. Yeah, so. exactly. He's going. He's not only the team's winning games, so he's not hindering them, and he's also going for a personal accolade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And an award. In the Rocket Richard, so there's no way he's sitting, but they'll figure out a way. Yeah, they'll figure out a way. I you think. just got to rest him in between games and do everything you can to have him in the facility and have your training staff working on him, so you get him to as close to 100 percent as possible without sitting him out any games. Essentially, now, yeah, maybe just don't let Rasmus Anderson push him headfirst into the boards anymore. Yeah, I I think that definitely would would definitely help. That uh, that's a little harsh on Anderson, but. You know. When what what does anybody know what the actually when the injury occurred? 
that's when it started that Calgary game. Ander- that's Anderson when it, kind of bumped him he, in front. That's when he like he aggravated it in that one just before we played the Oilers really early in the season. I think it was after the Winnipeg, that one Winnipeg game. He yeah. missed the Oilers game and came back the following day, kept his goal streak alive, and then after that Anderson hit so the Calgary series and when we moved when we when the Leafs traveled to Edmonton they were like yeah he can't play right now Anderson sort of bumped him in front of the net and he slid into the boards yeah it wasn't uh, up and sort of it looked like he tried to brace himself with his hand and probably jammed his wrist up it could get pretty bad um we'll we'll definitely have more to say about I mean we'll see how how it progresses from here uh what i'm also really intrigued about is what's gonna happen the trade deadline but we're gonna pick that up on the next podcast because there's just so much more i want to get into on that topic and it will be oh real quickly forever is robertson like okay or is he he's in the marley's he's so what happened is right now is because the the ohl isn't playing uh players who have chl rights are allowed to play in juniors that's why you're seeing guys like zigress about time I mean, Zigris uh, is Quinton Byfield's playing for Ontario. Yeah, on the Ontario Reign. Um, Perfetti, I think, is playing for when, uh, for the Manitoba Moose. Yep. Uh, a lot of those guys are playing in the uh, in the AHL right now. Which this is what I've been uh, I've been asking the NHL. This is what I've been hoping the NHL would eventually do one day. Is if you're the AHL, this makes your league a little more pro- you know helps your league a lot. Because you get these guys who are too good for the CHL, but they're also not ready for the NHL. This is the perfect for the problem. Is the CHL is like, nah, we want to keep. Yeah, our, no. I think I think if you're gonna do that, you should have like a cap, maybe one or two players who can do that. Yeah, I'd exceptional. Yeah, you have like almost like not like an exempt. Like you can't say exempt stats, but if they're your first round pick, your first round pick should be exempt from going. You should allow your first round pick to go to the AHL. Yeah, because I don't want to just completely wipe out a league's talent. No, I don't either, for sure. But if he's a first-round pick, he should have every right to go to prove to go into a professional career and start earning some some money. Nick Robertson in ten AHL games, two goals, seven assists, nine points. He has twelve penalty minutes though, so he's going to have to fix that up a little bit. But it's a good sign because he has seven assists. I imagine he's supposed to be a shooter. So imagine when those goals start coming around in the him, pros. Him with Alex Galchenyuk. And, yeah, for me, uh, I, I just think he's kind of like a perfect winger for what the Leafs need. He's yeah. the, he's the perfect complement piece for that Tavares. I don't know if it's the Matthews or Tavares. Yeah, either are. I think it's a Tavares Nylander. I think he would be the perfect. I, guy I'm there. just a big fan of thinking of Mitch Marner setting up Austin Matthews and Nick Robertson. That's that's like a fever dream. We'll figure. They'll figure that. I mean, we also have Rodion or Mirov one day as well to think about as well so we'll leave it at that uh we'll discuss more of the trade deadline stuff the next time we talk thank you guys all for coming back and listen to us on the plan the pray podcast you can find us wherever you get your podcasts check out our youtube channel where we have some uh some of our live sh- uh watch party content and our interview with andrew berkshire so go ahead and check that out we'll make sure to have more uh coming out especially ahead of the trade deadline thanks again everyone